and welcome to the Learn to Sit Still podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so glad you could be here. My name is Sarah and my desire is to help you learn to sit still in a noisy world because it is in those still moments that we have the chance to know God. Silence is something we tend to run from because it is a place of confrontation where we can hear our thoughts and see ourselves for who we really are. This is why we try to drown out the silence with noise, any kind of noise, from music to crowds to a packed schedule. We avoid the silence, but that is exactly where God wants us to be. This is the reason behind this podcast, as well as my website, sitstillmydaughter.com. I want to encourage you to step away from the noise and the distractions and enter into his presence, the one who formed you with purpose. I promise that the more you get to know him, really, know him, the more you will return his love and walk in confidence of who he made you to be, his image bearer to the world. So I invite you to join me on this journey of learning to sit still. If you have any questions or a prayer request, you can submit them via my website. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. There are also free Bible reading plans available to download and be sure to check out my social media accounts where I share short devotionals to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. All of those links are located in the show notes, so be sure to look after the episode. Also, if you haven't already, would you tap on that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? You can also leave a review, which helps others find this podcast. Now, are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last week? What color was Daniel's robe given to him by Belshazzar? The answer is scarlet and found in Daniel chapter 5, verse 29. Our question for next week is what first thing were the Israelites to bring to the house of the Lord? What first thing were the Israelites to bring to the house of the Lord? And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. A new year is a new beginning. If you're like me, you have already purchased supplies to assist you in planning the perfect year. You have set new goals and the steps to achieve them. Perhaps there are a few goals that have rolled over from last year, like mine, ones that didn't quite get done or kind of fell to the wayside. Sometimes it can be discouraging to write down the same goals because it represents a lack of discipline or persistence you needed to get them done in the first place. Or you could have just had a lot in your plate and those things just didn't get done. But today, I want to encourage your heart to try again. Make this the year you start again. There are several characters in scripture that remind us that God does not cast us aside when we have made a mistake. He is the God of second chances and offers us an opportunity to start again. Abraham was called the friend of God. He was given a very special promise. God called him from out of his heritage and home to follow him. He was given a promise that he would be the start of a new nation. Think about what that means for a moment. It wasn't that there would be like a new start in his town, like a new line of kings being established, but a whole new nation. Abraham's story is the origin of the Jewish nation and the start of God creating the specific line of people where the Messiah would be born thousands of years later. This was a big promise and Abraham believed God for it. Yet, even though he took a leap of faith 
and God gave him a direct promise. Abraham let those fearful moments of life make him lose sight of the promise. When the famine struck, he fled to Egypt and told a lie about his wife twice. When you read this, it makes it hard to believe that this this man would be an ideal candidate to father a new nation, let alone end up in the hall of faith in Hebrews. Yet he did. Abraham is a testament to God's goodness and forgiveness. Though he faltered more than once, God's choice for the Hebrews did learn from his past mistakes and misgivings to become so confident in his Lord's promise that he was willing to sacrifice his son on the altar. He believed in God and knew that he would provide a way for the promise to be fulfilled. That is the testimony of a man who has learned to believe, to trust. A man who, even at the very start of his journey, was willing to take a huge step of faith and leave all he had ever known, including his family. We must never overlook that aspect of Abraham's life. And this man who failed several times was used by God, given another chance, and did something amazing. He fathered a new nation that still is a testament to God's faithfulness. Maybe you have struggles to believe God's promises over the years. Let this be the year of change where you can hold tight to his words and move beyond the doubts to stand firm like Abraham in whom he has called you to be. Jonah is an action-packed four-chapter book that has been used to teach many lessons. God called him at the beginning for a purpose, a special mission he intended for no one but Jonah. But when Jonah heard about it, he wanted nothing to do with it. He's had, he had no desire to tell the heathen city of Nineveh about God, and especially about his abundant mercy. He selfishly ran away thinking that he could outrun God and his plan for his life. Maybe you have felt the same. God called you to do something, but you had no desire to do it and you ran from it. You spent so much time and energy running from the path you were meant to walk and now you feel foolish and maybe even unworthy to come back. Perhaps you had a Jonah experience where God clearly blocked your path, but you felt ashamed to come back. My friends, when the fish spat Jonah back on shore, God only told him to go to Nineveh. God didn't give him a long speech about how much he was disappointed in Jonah. He just said, go and do as I said. In fact, the only reprimand God gave to the prophet was the fact that he should not be angry at the gourd, nor should he have such little compassion. Sometimes we are harder on ourselves than God is. He only desires our obedience. There may be consequences to our behavior, but God still loves us and wants to use us till our dying day. Let this be the year of return where you let go of your stubborn will and surrender to God all the days of your life, willing to follow and go wherever he directs. The book of Ruth is a beautiful story, definitely one of my favorites, and it's about love and redemption. But right now, I'm not talking about Ruth herself, although that is 100% true as well. I'm referring to Naomi. When she comes back to town and is surrounded by her neighbors, she loudly declares that she is angry at God and bitter. She has lost all her joy and maybe even a little bit of hope. She has fallen deep into the well of despair and depression. Naomi is so blinded by her negative emotions that she is unable to see the hand of God moving in her and her daughter-in-law's life. She has lost sight of who God really is and who she is in him. He 
is the God of everlasting love and the possessor of mercies that are new every morning. He never wavered once in his love for Naomi and he readily poured out his mercy through a woman named Ruth. Have you ever been in a similar situation where you felt utterly abandoned by everyone, including God? Have you felt the deep hurt of loss? Maybe you felt a betrayal or suffered a hurt from those who should have cared. Did you let those wounds fester to the point where they began to infect you and hinder you from seeing anything good around you, especially from God? Perhaps you have loudly declared before anyone with an earshot of the injustices you've suffered by God's hand. When we have endured great hurt, we are vulnerable to Satan's attack. We may speak foolishly against our God, but that does not mean we must remain alienated from him. In fact, it is often our amazing God who pursues us and sets out to prove us wrong, just as he did with Naomi. At the end of the story, when Ruth has given birth to a son, the women of the village come to Naomi with some things to say. They remind her of how good God is and how he has provided for her through the love of a girl named Ruth. I think this is one of my favorite moments in the story because it shows just how great our God is. Even though she slandered his character with untrue statements, he still poured out his love and goodness on her. In our eyes, she didn't deserve a daughter-in-law like Ruth, nor a caring son-in-law like Boaz, especially a grandson. But God doesn't award us based on how good we are, but rather on how good he is and his goodness can never be measured. My friends, please don't yield to your negative emotions. Don't stay there. Don't drown in the bitterness, anger, and hate because that's exactly what will happen. It will drown you. Let this be the year of release. Let go of the past and all the hurts. Embrace the goodness and love of God that he has for you because he does very much. And I promise you will see it if you look for it. And Peter is the final character I want to discuss with you today. In many ways, we admired this outspoken disciple. He freely spoke his mind, whether it was the right time to say something or not. He was the first to jump over the boat and walk on water and quickly answer that Jesus was the Christ. Peter was often driven by emotion, which was both good and bad. He was also a man subject to fear. Peter was adamant that Jesus was wrong when he said he would deny him three times, yet it was true. This fisherman would deny his Lord and then have to look at him after the words were fulfilled. Like most people filled with shame and regret, Peter ran away utterly disappointed in himself. Maybe you can relate to Peter. There is something in your past that embarrasses you and you're you're even afraid to speak to God about it. But you know, Jesus did not dwell on Peter's denial, but wanted to see him move forward. Yes, there needs to be a time of confession for any wrong you may have committed, but please know that you can freely come to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, and receive it. Please don't be afraid to come forward. Our God does not beat people with a stick. He is like the prodigal son's father who eagerly waited. He waited for his son's return. He is waiting for you. He wants to forgive you. Take the heavy load of shame, guilt, remorse, and disappointment off of your shoulders and replace it with his love. He forgives us and remembers our sins no more. 
Let this be the year of new beginnings for you, my friend. Come to Jesus and tell him everything. Start this new year with a clean slate and a soul that is set free from the regrets of the past. As we wrap up our first episode of the new year, I want to point out something. Each of these stories teaches us something important about God, that he never gives up on us. He will pursue us to the ends of the earth in order to restore us into full fellowship with him. Won't you let him find you? So go ahead, write down some New Year's goals. Let this be a year of new beginnings, one with a chance to start again. Remember, you are loved with an everlasting love by the one who gave his life for you. Mm -hmm.